Anderson. Hits it in the air to the right. Back at the wall. And the White Sox win it. Sox win. All right. Welcome in. This is Clint Klaus. And this is the Feeling Soxy Season Preview. Welcome in. We are going to go through all different types of predictions, over-unders, biggest X-factors, team MVPs, what the lineup's going to look like, what the rotation's going to look like, which we've already kind of went a little deep diving in the rotation in the previous one, but we'll do a deep recap. We'll go into the bullpen. What's the roles of all the bullpen guys? Who are the biggest X-factors? Who are we looking out for? Who's going to be the person that is going to be the biggest surprise for the White Sox this season? Biggest surprise, and we're... We are not that ne- we are not negative, so we're not going to do a who's going to be the biggest disappointment because nobody. Let's get that prediction out of the way. Who will be the biggest disappointment in the White Sox season? Well, nobody, nobody, nobody. Not even Vince Velasquez because we already know what to expect out of him. So as before, we get into the predictions. I guess a little bit of White Sox news. So. Obviously, in the last podcast, we talked about Lance Lynn. We talked about Lance Lynn being out for at least four weeks before he can begin throwing again, and will most likely be out until June with with a knee surgery of a torn meniscus in his right knee, a slightly torn meniscus in his right knee. So the biggest need, and what I kind of felt like was the White Sox' biggest need going into the offseason was they need another starting pitcher. And let me tell you something. Carlos Rodon would would be looking really good right about now in a White Sox uniform. Carlos Rodon would be looking really good because this, you know, last year, because it's like a flip, because last year we had some key position players get hurt. And now this year are we're starting to lose pitchers. I mean, we are we lost Crochet for the year. We've lost Lance Lynn for a couple of months. So it's only fortunate that the White Sox decided to sign reinforcements and sign Johnny Cueto. And, of course, everybody remembers Johnny Cueto. He was a former highly touted pitcher, still very good, but a little bit past his prime. He's going to be 36 going into the season. He signed to a minor league deal, so kind of a low-risk move, a low-risk, low-buy. If he still has something left in the tank, which I highly doubt, seeing as how he is not, Stayed fully healthy for a full year since twenty seven since twenty sixteen, when he was last an All Star, won eighteen games for the Giants. Now the twenty eighteen season, he only started in nine games, so injuries are a bit of a concern. 2018, 2019, he had a bit of a snag with Tommy John surgery. The twenty twenty season, I mean, I guess some people deserve a pass if they have a bad year, which is what we're doing with all all of twenty twenty. If you had a bad year you get a pass. If you had a good year, well, then we're going to still count that as a good year, which is what I did with the 2020 White Sox. So Cueto last year, he only started in 22 games for the Giants, went 7-7, seven and seven, an ERA of 4, and with the predictions of on baseball reference, they expect him to start. Actually, it doesn't give that number. So he's projected to go 7-8, and eight, an ERA of 4-4-7, I mean, obviously, low risk, low buy. 
He's going to get a minor league deal just to get him ramped up and get him ready because as soon as he's ready, he's going to be up there starting games because I don't know how the White Sox can seriously look themselves in the face and think that Vince Velasquez will be the answer of, hey, this is what we need when Lance Lynn's out. We have Vince Velasquez. No, that's not the answer. It's probably going to be Cueto. So hopefully Johnny Cueto doesn't, hopefully he gives you something because, I mean, this is just, it's a typical Kenny Williams move. But that goes to show you that Kenny Williams does have more of a say in that White Sox front office than I think a lot of people really kind of give give credit for. Than a lot of people kind of give uh, thought into because this is a, this is a move that Kenny Williams makes. You know, he signs the guy that he wanted six years ago, but didn't have the prospects to trade for the player. So now he ends up signing him when he's over the hill and it's like, well, you know, he was good five years ago, so he'll probably catch lightning in the bottle, which is, so that's what we're doing here with Johnny Cueto. So hopefully Cueto gives us something and wins us games. But I wouldn't expect him out up with the team until probably the end of the month. And then he'll probably start a couple games and we'll go, we'll probably go from there. And obviously if he's bad, then they're just, they're going to let him go. That's just the way it is. All right. So we are going to jump right into our season predictions, feeling soxy predictions. So obviously in earlier podcasts, we've been previewing what players that we've, so we, we've been doing the two preview, the two player preview, the, on a podcast previous before we previewed the rest of the rotation. So I feel like it's only right that we finish out, that we round out the rest of the team with the bullpen. So everybody knows how good this White Sox bullpen is, at least on paper, pro- projected to be. So obviously you have Liam Hendricks, who was named the best reliever in baseball last year. You signed Joe Kelly, who has playoff experience he's pitched in big games he's a big time veteran he's a big that's a veteran presence that they really needed I mean Kendall Graben had a fantastic year with the eight with the Astros and the Mariners really sort of had a renaissance year Aaron Bummer so Aaron Bummer last year had the unfortunate he had a lot of bad luck there's a lot of times that he got into situations where an infielder would bobble a ball and then it would lead to a big inning, be uh, a big inning basically occurring right after that because of an error by a second baseman, or if Mankata just bobbles a ball. I'm I'm not picking on him specifically, but I'm just stating an example. Aaron Bummer's been a product of some bad luck last year, so he is a very good, very good sinker, probably one of the best in baseball in terms of on the left side of. The mound. Bummer had a ground ball percentage of 76.1%. So uh, he was getting a lot of ground outs, but was just getting a very, was getting a lot of bad luck behind him on his defense, which that's a, another thing we'll preview later in a different, in another prediction. So Aaron Bummer, I think, will definitely have some luck go his way this year, and his numbers will probably look pretty good for the most part with if that ground ball percentage stays the way that it is then I mean Aaron Bummer's gonna have another very solid year in which he has an ERA of three and is one of the one of the guys in the bullpen that nobody really is going to talk about obviously Liam Hendricks is going to get get his close 
He's going to get his saves. He'll probably lead baseball and all of saves. Joe Kelly, we probably won't see him for another month because he got a little late to spring trading and also was dealing with a little bit of injuries, but no no real rush for him because, like I said in an earlier podcast, you need him for the late games, not the meaningless games in April. And then, obviously, you know, Garrett Crochet not going to be there. Who Who's going to step up and fill that role? Is Ronaldo Lopez going to be, like, in the swing role, which I guess is what they are probably going to do until Johnny... I think they'll probably have Lopez... I take that back. They'll probably have Lopez start games until Cueto's ready, and then he'll probably go into the swing role with Vince Velasquez, which, well, we'll see how far that, how well that takes us. And also Kyle Crick. Kyle Crick's also another guy who kind of just caught my eye, has actually done pretty gosh darn well in seven spring trading appearances. He's only given up two hits, no runs, and I forgot the exact number of strikeouts off the top of my head. But still, very good numbers. I probably think he makes the bullpen to start the year. To start the year, obviously, as the replacement to Garrett Crochet. I think the one thing with the bullpen that I think will be a little bit of a concern, obviously, is not having another dominant left-handed reliever to go to because you only have the one Aaron Bummer that you have who is the only left-hander that's in the bullpen now with Garrett Crochet being out for the remainder of the season with Tommy John surgery. So I would think that they would probably go to another left-hander. I'm not really sure how they're sort of looking at how they want to plan out the bullpen for the early part of the season. But look at Kyle Crick to make the final 40-man roster. And now the other previews. So... We're going to go into a win prediction. A win prediction. I mean, this is kind of a a high one. Probably one that we probably should wait for. Late. You know what? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll wait for the predictions, for the record predictions. We'll do that last. So we'll go. We'll start with Team Cy Young. The Team Cy Young, I mean, is there really any other obvious choice? I mean, it's Lucas Giolito. Is there really any any real wrong answer? I mean, it, it, there, there's no, there's no wrong. There's only Lucas Giolito as the team Cy Young winner, and then there's everybody else. Which Giolito is going to be the best pitcher on the White Sox this year. There's no doubt about that. He's gonna, he's gonna be the veteran guy, and obviously the one thing that I want to see with him, and I, I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast, is consistency. You know, I want to see him take that next step because I feel like, you know, he has had moments where he could take that next step and be in that same upper echelon of the elites of the elite. Now, I'm I'm not saying that he can't get there and he's not there because when you think about the best pitchers in baseball, you can't really give me maybe 10 pitchers that are better than Lucas Giolito right now. I think Giolito will be the team MVP. You look at the many different predictions that people are expecting out of him. Obviously, you look at how he's looked in camp. I mean, he's bulked up. He's added 20 pounds of muscle. He went with his personal trainer during the lockout, and that you could see the results. He's throwing harder. He looks bigger. He looks more dominant. I expect big things out of him, as I mentioned in earlier podcasts.
So now you might ask, what what would be taking that next step for Lucas Giolito? Uh, what what does he need to do? Does I think first of all he should be in the conversation for the Cy Young award, and I think because a lot of these predictions, a lot of fan graphs predicts him to win 14, 14 games, an average of 14, 13 games, and an ERA of around the mid threes. Very solid numbers. That's about average for what he has been in his first couple of years. Let's get let's get that ERA down. Let's get the strikeouts up. Let's get more consistency where, you know, that that game that he pitched against the A's in the playoffs where he is just dominating, dominant, mowing guys down left and right. That's the Giolito I want to see. Not every single time, because he's not going to be that guy every single time, but most of the time. I think he will do that. I think he'll dominate this year. And if I had to give a bold prediction on Giolito, really bold prediction, I think he will win at least 16 games. He will lead the White Sox in wins, and he will lead them in team ERA. Or he will lead the team in total ERA. And right, I, it was it was pretty easy to go with Giolito because, I mean, who who else could you really have gone with? I mean, Dylan Cease hasn't really, I mean, obviously we've talked about Dylan Cease and his consistency. Kopech is a great, is the, really the great unknown. And we'll, I'll get to more of him later on. And then, you know, obviously we don't have Lance Lynn in there. Carlos Rodon's not here anymore. And I mean, I Dallas Keuchel's still here, but I mean, is anybody really expecting anything big out of Dallas Keuchel this year? I mean, most people aren't, but I'm a hopeful optimistic. I think a lot of us, I'll tell you what, if Dallas Keuchel comes out and wins the Cy Young this year, a lot of a lot of White Sox fans are going to be eating crow, and I will admittedly be one of them, and I will gladly eat my crow if Dallas Keuchel just reverts back to being the old Dallas Keuchel. So we go from the team Cy Young, to the team MVP, who will be the White Sox team MVP this year. There's a lot of big candidates that you could go you could go with. There are a number of different guys. You know, the obvious ones are Luis Robert, which is which is the obvious, that's the chalk pick. I mean, I guess you could say Giolito was the chalk pick with the uh team Cy Young Award, but I mean when you look at the rest of the starters, I I think it's pretty justified that Giolito is the best pitcher on the White Sox right now. So now the team MVP, this one was a little one was a little bit that I had a more difficult time trying to decide because there's so many different leadership candidates. Cause obviously Tim Anderson comes to mind. Uh, what, what exactly is the team MVP mean? Is it the guy who puts up the best numbers? Is it the guy who, displays the best style of leadership who does it who is is he the five tool guy who can basically do it all is he the guy who when you expect it when you need a big moment late in the game he's going to come up to the bat and dominate and perform at the highest of highs you know who that could fit the bill for a number of different guys so I, I had a tough time with this, so I, I was in between I was in between three. Three or four. Three or four guys. And I'm in between 
number one, Tim Anderson, because I feel like Tim Anderson has been the team MVP for the White Sox the last several years. He's been the leader. He's the star. He's the straw that stirs the drink, and is is really the igniter of this offense. Like Tim Anderson, like when you you could see the difference when he's not in the lineup to when he's not. Like the White Sox offense just looks completely different. He's that spark. He's that igniter. He's really the guy who really gets the rest of the guys going. He really is the energy guy. He gets everybody flowing. There's a reason why the White Sox think so highly of Tim Anderson as a leader. There's a reason why fans love Tim Anderson so much because he plays it all on the field. What I want to see from him is obviously we clean up the fielding a little bit, but I was between, but that's not important. I was in between him and the chalk pick Luis Robert because I think everybody, Luis Robert has been on a lot of people's dark horse list of uh, MVP candidates. I've, I even went on a little tirade about baseball reference being stupid because they projected him to only hit 13 home runs in 124 games when in, or what was it? It was like 155 and he had like 14 home runs. Just stupid numbers. Baseball reference should just fire their entire staff because they don't even know how to even make proper predictions and they're going to look so stupid with that with how Luis Roberts just going to come in and, and beat the snot and beat the piss out of baseballs this year. So I ex- so back to I expect big things. So I was in between them as the team MVP. Obviously, it's a little bit difficult. So I guess if I had to pick one, I would probably give you a curveball and say Aloy Jimenez. Aloy Jimenez will lead the team in home runs and RBIs and will probably finish third in batting average on the team. That's my that's my prediction of who the team MVP is. I led you all on a stray just to throw you a curveball and say the team my team MVP will be Aloy Jimenez. And if Aloy Jimenez is a team MVP, then that just makes that offense that much better. Because he is a he is an X factor. Like, you look at his early spring training games, oh, man, he looks so good. I mean, he roped another home run against the Cubs the other day. It's like this dude this dude just lives for hitting bombs off the Cubs. I mean, let's – great, I think Madrigal hit one, but who – nobody cares about that little pipsqueak, that little pipsqueak playing rookie of the year with the Chicago Cubs. So I think Eloy will be the team MVP. I led you guys on a stray. I think he'll lead the team in – home runs, RBIs, and he'll be third on the team in batting average. And I also think he'll be a little bit better in the field than a lot of people will be giving him credit for. All right, so Team Cy Young is Lucas Giolito, and Team MVP is Aloy Jimenez. Who? I mean, if Aloy Jimenez is the team MVP, then he's just, he, he becomes Babe Ruth. Uh, and that's <laughs> that's just speaking of a, a crazy hypothetical. All right, so now we are going to go into the biggest X factors. What do the White Sox need to do to repeat as the American League Central Division champions? And not only that, but can they take that next step and actually win a playoff series. That's the one that's one of the biggest keys that we'll get to and I think it's the number one key 
and the biggest X factor is staying healthy. Staying healthy. Stay healthy. That is the biggest X factor of this White Sox season. Stay healthy. I mean, you already look at what kind of scrambling that they have to do to replace a starting pitcher in Lance Lynn. I mean, look at what injuries did to the team last year. I mean, the first part of the year, you didn't have Aloy Jimenez. And then in May, Luis Robert gets hurt. And then Nick Madrigal, when he was on the team, tore his hamstring. So you had three blows to three of your main guys on offense that you thought were going to be there. And now they're not there. I mean, they didn't have Aloy for the first 100 games. I I don't think they had Luis Robert for... I think it was at least 100 games. It was 100 or 102, pretty close to that. And you saw what kind of... So when they came back, they weren't... I mean, Luis Robert just played out of his mind. But I think Aloy... I think Aloy, when he came back from injury, was really trying to rush it. He was really trying to ramp it up and get get up to a point of, hey, I, I just want to hit a home run every single at-bat, which you can't really do that. I think Aloy is a much better hitter than just being your prototypical guy who just goes up there and just hits a bunch of home runs. Like, he's not he's not Todd Frazier. No disrespect to Todd Frazier, but, you know, he's a, he's a better all-around hitter. But staying healthy, staying healthy. I mean, we're already having to scramble through the starting rotation not being healthy. Lance Lynn's out for two months. Garrett Crochet's out for the year. Where, and it it just never ends. I mean, last year when the guy when the position players starting to get hurt, and that that was when the pitchers started to fall apart. You had Lance Lynn who was out for several weeks with the same thing, knee inflammation. Carlos Rodon ran out of gas and. I think him running out of gas was probably the reason why the White Sox made this stupid decision to not bring him back on a qualifying offer. But staying healthy, that's the let's not lose focus. It's staying healthy. We we can't afford to lose we can't really afford to lose any more of our core guys. We can't lose any more of our core guys for a significant amount of time like we did last year. And unlike last year, we're we're not going to win the Central basically on the back and not with those guys. We're going to need them this year. I mean, the Central's not the Central's not going to be easy when you take a look at it. You got to stay healthy. The pitchers got to stay healthy. The position players got to stay healthy. I mean, and if they stay healthy, I mean that's the chalk that's the chalk answer for the biggest X factor, but it's not. It's not. It's it's totally the truth because injuries can derail an entire team season. And if that happens, then oh man, then then the central is going to be a dogfight because the Twins, you expect the Twins to be a little bit better even though I'm not a really huge believer in their starting pitchers outside of Sonny Gray and the Kansas City Royals, I mean obviously the big news with with the Royals and the Tigers, they're bringing up two t- very good young top prospects, Bobby Witt Jr. for the Kansas City Royals and Spencer Torkelson for the Detroit Tigers, who I figure both of those guys are just going to be threats. They're going to be a pain in our fucking asses for the next 10, 15 years playing for those debauchery, poor, low-level franchises that are the Kansas City Royals and the Detroit Tigers, who, let's not forget the Cleveland Guardians are also in this division. And I don't think people are talking about them enough. I don't know if it's because nobody really knows what they're doing 
Like, are they trading all their good players? Are they trading Jose Ramirez? Are they trading Shane Bieber? Are they trading this guy? Are they trading that guy? Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows what the what the Guardians are doing. So I think that I think that is a, a little bit scary. I think they're going to be better than people expect. Obviously, the Detroit Tigers are going to be worldly better than I think what the over under is on their wins that they're supposed to be getting. I think they're supposed to get like seventy seven and a half wins. They'll crush that over. But the the main point is the White Sox have to stay healthy because the Central is a lot better this year than it has been in the the way it was last year where they basically ran away with the division. That's probably not going to happen this year. You're going to have to be going through a dogfight, and the way you win those dogfights, you have all of your top guys. You have Lance Lynn. You have Lucas Giolito and Michael Kopech hopefully takes that step. And he's our next biggest X factor is Michael Kopech. You know, can Michael Kopech live up to the hype that's been surrounding him for the past, um, what was it, last couple of years where the expectations for him were, you know, this is going to be the next great pitcher in Major League Baseball. I mean, so far that hasn't necessarily, I mean, injuries have kind of derailed that. He opted out of the 2020 season, which really would have been a key which really would have been a really showing. And then last year, you know, he was a reliever, which is a completely different role than being a starting pitcher. But he really is the great unknown because he's he really is replacing Carlos Rodon. Like, that really is Carlos Rodon's replacement is Michael Kopech. And nobody likes to go down the pitching depth more than the White Sox. They went down this way with Mark Burley, and they got bit, and they basically replaced him with John Danks. Little did they know that Chris Sale was just going to blow John Danks out of the water. Like, it's it's the succession plan. And now they did it with Carlos Rodon and Michael Kopech. I mean, Kopech's probably the biggest impact in the rotation because if Kopech can show that he is a dominant starting pitcher, now, I mean, he's going to go to the All-Star game. If he shows even a flash or a, do, a, little, a little bit of a streak... That is just going to be so gravy for what the White Sox really want out of him in this rotation, and he's real. And this rotation is really going to take off because now, now you have another another uh, strong-willed guy, and possibly a guy who, when you look at talent and you look at stuff, he might have as good of stuff as anybody at Major League Baseball. The only problem is, is that he hasn't really been able to showcase it because he hasn't really started a whole lot of games. And when he did start games last year, the 2021 season, he dominated. He showed flashes of that dominance. Will he be able to show those flashes of dominance when he's in the middle of June and he's in a stretch of, hey, I just had a bad start. Is he going to be able to kind of put that behind him? You know, that's the same with Dylan Cease. Is Dylan Cease going to be able to put all that stuff behind him because Dylan Cease he's our next biggest X factor can he can he at least be more consistent can he show the consistency that he needs to step up and you know same with Giolito now Giolito doesn't have to take the as big of a step as Dylan Cease does because Dylan Cease I feel like still has something that he has to prove I feel like he still has something that he has to prove he has the stuff like everybody on the White Sox has just complimented 
I mean, Yasmani Grandal, you have Lucas Giolito, you have all these guys saying how Dylan Cease has the most dominant stuff out of the White Sox starters. And so far, when we see it, it's dominant. It's dominant, it's nasty, it's mean, and when he's bad, he's really bad. He's walking, guys. I mean, I feel like last year wasn't as bad as 2020. 2020 was just a terrible year for Dylan Seas. 2021, you know, he at least was striking guys out, but he was still walking like five guys a game, which you you kind of can't do that if you want to be mentioned in the upper echelon of the dominant starting pitchers of Major League Baseball. All right, and then our bi- our next biggest X factor is the other part of the Chris Sale trade. It's Yoan Mankata, Mr. International Superstar, making music videos, his own walk-up music, while also hitting 261. Now, here's the thing with Mankata. Mankata, when you look at his, when you look at the the analytics around Mankata. The analytics around Mankata are good. He's good on base. He's very patient. He's a very patient hitter. I just feel like that he leaves a lot on the table. I feel like he leaves a lot more to be desired. And I think this year is going to be, I think he is probably, he probably has more to prove this year than any White Sox position player this year because he needs to prove that he was that that he is that guy that the White Sox thought they were getting when they traded a once in a lifetime talent in Chris Sale. Now, 2019, I think is that an anomaly? Is that like the flash in the pan year, or is last year more of who Yoan Mankata is, where he's going to get on base at a you know 320-340 clip, but he's only going to hit like 261 and hit 14 home runs because the the swing is nice. There are so many things that when you watch Yoel Mankata's game that you just love about him. And then you just watch him play and you say, well, you don't really know. Like you, you want to say he's good, but you really, we really don't know. Like is, who is he? Is he the guy that is the 2019 Mankata or is he more closer to last year's Mankata or 2020 Mankata? You know, when are we going to stop making excuses for him and actually start to be like, hey, maybe this guy is not who we thought he was. Maybe he's not as good as we thought he was going to be. Maybe he's not going to live up to the hype of being the number one overall prospect in baseball, which carries a lot of weight to it when you really factor that in. When you really factor in what what that added pressure does, I mean, it's it's the equivalent of being a top overall draft pick. You feel that burden on your shoulders of, you know, I have to live up to this hype and all eyes are always going to be on him. And I think this year is going to be a very telling year of whether Mankata lives up to that potential and whether he can be the guy that the White Sox basically kickstarted this whole rebuild for. I mean, he was the first guy that came in. He was the first rookie that made his debut. And since then, I feel like he has underachieved a bit, to say the least. Now, granted, there's probably a lot that we don't know about. We don't know if he was totally healthy going into last year. But he still leaves a lot to be desired. He's he's somebody that we 
we're going to need him this year. He really needs to step up. Like, this is going to be, like, if there's going to be one player that has more to prove than anybody else, it's Yoan Mankata. He has to prove that he is a, now, obviously, fielding-wise, pretty solid third baseman. He's had some of the best fielding war seasons that the White Sox have had for a third baseman in quite a while. That's not really what this is all about. This is really more about Mankata at the plate. Can he really show that he is uh, the Roberto Alomar type, that he is the 2019 Yoan Mankata? Because if they get the 2019 Mankata on this team, I mean, this that's that's going to take this team a long, long way. Like, that's a huge, huge X factor that is just going to help us win this division by 10, 15 games. Again, I mean, last year we won it by, what, 13 games? I don't think, I, you know, I said it wasn't going to be that easier. But if Mankata shows into the 2019 Mankata, then I don't think there's any doubt that there's no team in the Central that's going to beat them. All right, and then my X Factor number five, and our final X Factor is A.J. Pollock, our newly acquired A.J. Pollock. Now, A.J. Pollock comes obviously comes in with the, from the Craig Kimbrell trade, 34 years old, very solid major leaguer when he has been healthy. And that's what I said, you know, I probably should have mentioned him in the healthy rant, but yeah, AJ Pollock, he, he has to stay healthy because if he's not healthy, then their whole plan of him, tr- oh, excuse me, of trading Craig Kimbrell and replacing him with AJ Pollock and he only plays in 30, 40 games. I mean, that's, I mean, the trade's going to look, that, that'll look like a pretty bad trade. I mean, the Kimbrell trade already looks bad enough as is. Because he just came in and was just a disaster for us. Was just blowing games left and right. But that's also another key factor. AJ Pollock has to stay healthy. All right. I'm going to... This is this was the end of part one. We're going to have a two-parter. So this was the end of part one. And for, tune in for part two as we will go into the record what we think the white sox who what we think the white sox record is going to be we're going to also do some gambling over unders on certain player props and also any other regular regular notes that we need to that we need to pick up we'll also have a couple other different predictions we'll have bold predictions like 10 bold predictions of what we think is going to happen for the white sox this season We'll have a whole lot of that coming up and on the episode later this week. But hit the subscribe button on the bottom. And this is Clint Klaus with Feelin' Soxie.